Hello, everyone. I want to talk to you about the subject of what do we do when we don't know what to do. Uh, this lesson was not planned. This is literally coming from a place of me praying and really spending quite a bit of my morning, really, to be honest, the entire weekend, but quite a bit this morning just asking God, what exactly do we do when we don't know what to do and how do we hear from you? Uh, because uh, I receive a lot of messages from people and pretty much the messages have been pretty consistent, which is the I'm praying and I'm praying and I'm praying and I'm just not seeing the answers and, you know, I don't know what to do. Don't think that I don't go through that as well because I do. I go through stages of like, of like, what is it that you want me to do? So just consider you getting sort of an insight to my thoughts and how I process information when I'm not quite sure of the right moves to make. And I pray that this blesses you because this really is coming from my heart and from a place of love. So one of the first things that I do when I don't know what to do is I check myself. I look and I see, is there anything in me that's blocking my prayers, anything that's keeping my prayers from being answered or from being heard? And so you can call it whatever you want to call it, but you can call it, um, you know, uh, checking your heart. You know, I like to use the expression that um, I like to go before God and I say, uh, dear Lord, is there anything in me that doesn't look like you? Is there anything in me that doesn't smell like you? And you have to have that real honest conversation with yourself and between you and God of, you know, is there any, because sometimes there's things we don't even know. Like sometimes pride, you don't even see it unless it's pointed out to you, right? And there can be some things that you don't even know is sinful or wrong before God, right? So two passages that um, I refer to um, that helps me out um, is Isaiah 59, verse 1 and 2. Uh, I don't read this passage often, but, you know, I got to just be honest with you and share with you what I read. Um, Isaiah 59, 1 and 2 says, Surely the arm of the Lord is not too short to save, nor his ear too dull to hear. But then verse 2 says, But your iniquities have separated you from God. Your sins have hidden his face from you so that he would not hear. And that verse is like, oh, what do you mean my sins have separated me from God? You know, that, that's one of those passages where it's like, okay, let me make sure that my heart is always pure before him. Let me make sure that there's nothing... I'm holding on to and you guys know I've confessed a lot of my stuff you know live online so you guys know some of the things some of the idols I was holding on to that um, I believe in many ways hindered my prayers um, and, and to be honest with you I believe in many ways God couldn't answer many of my prayers because I would have messed things up had he given me what I was praying for too soon I really would have messed things up because of the, the things that I was doing in my life at that time. Um, I've, I've confessed a number of times online about um, how I used to be gambling and going into casinos. And that's a, that's not something easy to confess, you know, um, but I'm, I'm at a point in life, to be honest with you, I don't care what anyone thinks of me, but if my confession helps someone else, but that used to be one of my little secret um sins that I kept pretty much to myself uh, because that became sort of my medicine, my go-to just to ease some of my pain. So how could God bless me to be prosperous in life? How could he trust me with, with any uh, form of, of wealth or riches or um, influence or, um, you know, I don't know the quite word to use, but how could he allow his abundance in any way to flow through my life if he knows um, that I would turn around and give it to a casino, you know, that I would turn around and start gambling even more. You get my point? And so there, there's limitations I had placed on myself um, simply because of some of the iniquity, some of the sin, some of the hidden idols that I refused to let go from my hands. 
I, I'm, I'm confessing and having this conversation with you all because I don't even know why I'm getting emotional while I'm talking. Um, I just feel in my spirit right now, someone's going to have a breakthrough just from hearing these words. So maybe it's meant for me, uh, for God to have me to say this again, because I know I went live last night and I talked about this. So maybe this is going to help someone. But I really believe that um, sometimes God really does desire to bless us. But sometimes we limit ourselves because there's only so much he can do because he has to protect us from ourselves. You know, I'm thinking through even situations with my children. They don't know this, but I would love to give the world to them, right? There's so much I would love to give to them. And sometimes my kids get upset with me when they're not able to get what they want from me in the time that they want it. Now, they're adults now, but trust me, I still go through it with them at times. Trust me, I do. They have no idea how much I would love to just take care of everything and just get. But but I know uh, as a parent some of the limitations does that make sense like I know that you know if I give this to this person too early even though they may feel this punishment gosh this person this 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 particular child uh is gonna miss out on the growth and the what is the word I'm looking for the grit or the uh I'm not I can't think of the right word but but I'm gonna be denying them the opportunity to work through issues or to grow or to figure out how to uh, fish, right? Instead of me just giving them a fish, you you know? And sometimes, and this doesn't have to relate to just children, I'm talking in general. Sometimes when you give someone something too early in life and they have not developed the stamina or, or I like to say the spiritual muscles to be able to hold on to it, no matter what you give them, they're still gonna end up back in that same position because the mindset hasn't changed you know, or, 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 or the spiritual muscles haven't developed so that they can walk with the discernment that they need to even maintain and hold the blessings. And I know far too many stories of people that are pretty close to me. And even there's some stories from my own life, but I like protecting privacy, so I won't go into detail, but I'll just say this. I know far too many stories and situations of where I jumped in, or I definitely have um, stories from some close friends of mine who jumped in and did things and gave things to people that they were not mature enough and ready for. And sure enough, within a matter of weeks, sometimes months, they were right back to where they were. And I won't even give examples because I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings. But, you know, there's some clear examples I can give where I've, I'm like, okay, let me just set this person up. Let me make sure this person gets, you know, this one thing or, or, or help this person jump over these levels and get to this level. And sure enough, it just breaks my heart that you you always end up sort of coming back to where that mindset is at, you know. So um, the first thing, you know, let me just slow down a minute. First step that I look at is, God, what is it in me that doesn't smell like you and doesn't look like you? Are there any iniquities or any sins, anything in my life, any limitations that's holding me back? You know, because sometimes there's things in us that we've got to change. We've got to work on. And, and and God protects us because he knows what we can handle. Now, some of you may feel like, well, Z, I don't know really what some of those sins or things are. Well, you can turn to Galatians 5, chapter 19. Uh, 
I think it's Galatians 5, uh, chapter 19 through 21. And that just goes through the acts of sinful nature. You can read through that yourself, read through that entire passage. And the Bible g- gives us some examples of these are some of the iniquity, some of the, some of the sins in our lives. Um, so you can read through that. And then in verse 22, you can read through but the fruit of the spirit. So first it teaches us here are, you know, many of the sins that we commit, but then it goes through and here's the fruit of the spirit. So in other words, here are the things that should be present in your life is almost like a it's almost like a reality check of here are, are these things present in your life love joy and peace and patience you know goodness and faithfulness and gentleness excuse me are those things very obvious in your life and whenever this is sort of my check whenever those things are lacking from my life then I know that something is off you know I know that something's off in my life. And so when, when you go through Galatians 5 and you read through verses 19 through 21, don't just read through it and think, oh, my goodness, I, I'm no good before God. I'm, no, I'm, I'm not useful because I'm pretty much I fall into all of these categories. No, let's never forget Romans 3.23. All have sinned and fall short. <laughs> we all are messed up. And if you've not seen my podcast episode called God Uses Messed Up People, like me, by the way, uh, I would highly encourage you to watch that. I'm not going to spend that time going all through the Bible, giving story after story of all the great people in the Bible that we looked up to, but looking at the backdrop to how badly they messed up. We all mess up. I mess up on a good day. I really do. I'm constantly confessing my sin before God. I'm constantly asking him to cleanse my heart, to, 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 to um, forgive me of my sins or, you know, or to check my heart. Sometimes I sit with him and I say, okay, God, you know, wh- what is it that you see when you think of me? What, what, what is it in me that, you know, um, doesn't smell like you? What doesn't look like you? Talk to me. What do you see? And sometimes he'll, he'll go deep into my heart with some things, you know, and he'll challenge me on some things. You guys just don't always see it on camera. And then I have to go back to him and say, okay, God, is this what you want me to do now? So anyway, that's the first step that I do is I do a reality check of, hmm, I've been praying for a while about this situation that's unchanged. Is there anything about me that's quite not ready for this next level? And that doesn't mean it's always sin. Sometimes it's just that I'm not ready for that next level because, so here's a good example. This is a really good example. God right now has me in a season of really uh, enriching my capacity to pray, uh, and to go deeper into my word study. Now, some of you may be like, well, Z, you're in your Bible all the time. I see all your pages marked up. Well, that's true, but it's not deep enough for me. There's so much more that I need to know. There, there, there's so much more that, 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 that I need to understand for whatever this next level that he's calling me to. So there are some things I've been praying for and God has not allowed it to happen yet. And what he's revealed to me is you got to have a richer prayer life. You got to have a higher capacity in the spirit because at this next level that I'm taking you through, you got to understand what comes against you at those levels. Now I'm here for you. I'm protecting you, but you got to have that capacity built to be able to handle what's coming your way at this next level. So sometimes we think that God is punishing us. And I talked about this last, last night, if you were on my live last night, when I read a little bit from my book necessary, and I think I read a little bit through the chapters called hidden. 
Um, which is sometimes we think God is punishing us when we feel we're being hidden, you know, when, when he's not allowing our dreams to come through. Remember, I talked about that last night and I talked about how important it is that we recognize that those seasons of when we feel hidden, those are really our seasons of preparation, you know, like King David, all that time he was out there. Uh, I, I have my eyes closed because I'm, I'm trying to remember everything I said last night. But all that time, King David was out there and he was learning how to take the lion and the bear out of the, you know, um, um, out of the mouth of the sheep. Out of, I'm saying it the wrong way. Take the sheep out of the mouth of the lion and the bear. And he was learning how to master the use of that slingshot and that rock. He was playing the lyre in the heart. Many people say that's what calms and keeps the sheep calm. But he was becoming an expert in it. So just at the right time when King Saul needed him, guess who they called on? When they needed someone to play the lyre and the harp, they called on this guy named David who's out in the field all day playing that music, right? Because he became so good at it. And when he came up against Goliath, even though everyone else was afraid, King David was like, this is nothing. Like, I, you know, I've had to slay the lion and the bears, like all the time. You know, this is nothing for me. And he mastered the use of that slingshot. So sometimes we're in that season of being hidden uh, because that's our season of preparation. And then I think last night I talked about sometimes we're in that season of being pruned. You know, when the good gardener shows up and he begins to cut away what's no longer needed. And I think I went through a passage that talks about I am the vine. And he talks about how, um, I, I don't want to paraphrase it wrong, uh, I should turn to it real quick because I don't want to get it wrong. Uh, but, but the passage that talks about when, when uh, the Bible teaches us when he says, I am the true vine and how he cuts away, you know, what's no longer needed. Every part that bears no fruit. He says even the parts that bear fruit, he still prunes. He still prunes so that it can bear even more fruit. And so someone even asked me last night, they said, Z, what's the difference between being disciplined? And uh, I'm trying to think of how um, this person worded it. Um, they posted it on one of my channels. They said, what's the difference between dis being disciplined and being pruned? And I thought about that for a second and I says, huh, the difference between discipline and being pruned, at least one of the differences I should say, is your perception. Is your perception. Absolutely God disciplines us, right? But it's still a part of the pruning process because he loves us. If you really think about that. He loves us. And so he allows some things to be cut away in our lives at time because like the good gardener, he, 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 he's cutting away at what no longer is needed, what hinders our growth so that we can enter into our harvest. So the whole first part of what I'm trying to get at, you know, what do you do when you don't know what to do? First of all, check yourself and see if there's anything going on in you that needs to change, any, anything you need to repent of. And if so, just own up to it and do it, okay? The second thing is... I always try to make sure, at least the best that I know how, um, that I have an intimate relationship with God because intimacy is so key. And that's something that you just can't buy. It doesn't come cheap. It's not something, at least in my life, I should say, because, you know, God can do anything he want to do, at least in my, my life. That's not something that just came just overnight, just for me, just, you know, saying a quick prayer and all of a sudden there's this intimacy for me. Now, for you, it may happen in an instant. For me, that took a while to build capacity. And I'm still building, let, let's be clear on that, to feel this intimate connection with him. You know, like this morning when I was sitting at my kitchen table, I said, God, I, I am walking. Um, what is the word I used? I said, oh, partnership. I said, God, I'm walking in partnership with you. Whatever it is that you want to do, I'll do. And then I started crying a little bit because I started thinking again about my son passing away. And I started thinking about the last words, um, uh, the, <clears throat> the last moments um, of when I was with him, when he was taking his last breath. 
And I started thinking through in that moment how I was playing this song called Yes by Shekinah Glory. And how um, and you guys know that's a beautiful song that that talks about um, uh, there's more that I expect of you. And w- will your spirit still say yes to me if I if I told you that there's more that I need? You know, would your answer still be yes? It's a beautiful, beautiful worship song. I think it's by a group called Shekinah Glory. But I was thinking about that this morning. And I, w- and I was sitting there just in worship before God, crying, of course, right? But I was still thinking, and I said to myself, but, but my answer is still yes to you, God. My answer is still yes to you. Whatever it is you want me to do. There's some things in life I don't understand. There's some things about you, God, I just don't get. There's some things you allow to happen in life that I don't understand, but I trust you because all oh, your ways are good. And so I'm just sitting there um, this morning and I'm just sitting and it's just an intimate time with him where I'm just like, well, whatever you want from me, God, whatever you want me to do. That's how this message came about. He put in my heart, literally in that moment, he put in my heart. I want you to speak about this. That's why I'm talking now. Because it comes from that place of intimacy. So the first thing I do is I check my heart and I see, is there anything about me that needs to change? Anything I need to repent of? Because I don't know what to do. So let me just start there so my prayers are not hindering and you can hear me, right? Start there. At least that's what I do. Then the second thing is I, I strive to go deeper in my walk with him. I strive for that intimacy, you know? Strive for it. I protect my time. There's so many situations uh, where, and I, I feel a little badly about this, to be honest, because I have, you know, friends and people want to get together and want to do things, want to get for coffee, want to hang out. And, and, and it's not that I don't want to, but I really have to protect the free time that I get to just sit with God. And sometimes I feel a little badly saying no to getting together with a friend or someone for dinner or what have you. And those times are important. Let me make that clear. But I've learned to say no a whole lot more because I'm striving for this intimacy. I, I've got to be in his presence. I've got to be in his presence. So I do my very best to protect that time. And especially from Friday to Saturday, I really try to keep that time really, really, really protected. You know, uh, Sundays, just spend that time with him. This morning, getting up, spending that time with him. You, you want to get to a point where um, There's a passage in the Bible, I think it's King David that says this. I think it was David who says, as a deer pants for stream of water, so my soul pants for you. That's where I want my heart to be. I want there to be this intimacy that I'm always desiring to be in his presence. So that's the second part is building a true intimacy with him in the spirit. I want to say something on that. And I think I talked about this the other day. You know, many times um, we desire um, what I call kingship. So we desire those leadership roles. We desire that position. We desire to be exalted in some kind of a way. You know, we won't admit it, but many times we do. We desire that, God, I want you to use me. I want you to, you know, in, increase my life. I want you to let there be abundance in my life. You know, that's called standing in, in some form of kingship. Many times we want that, and there's some, certainly nothing wrong with that. There's certainly nothing wrong with that because I believe abundance is our birthright, just to be clear. But we skip the stages of priesthood, you know, and you, you know, I'm, re- I'm referencing like uh, Revelations 1, 6, Revelations 5, 10, where, you know, we're, we're called priests and kings, right? We, we skip that stage of priesthood, which is really nothing more than a close, intimate relationship with God. You know, back in the day, and I've talked about this the other day, we used to have used to have a priest go before us. You know, you couldn't go into the inner courts, you know, um, um, 
I don't want to get into all of that, but in the Old Testament, remember the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord. You can only go so far, and the priests could only uh, were the only ones that can go all the way into the inner courts to sort of make an um, I don't know if the word is atonement, but uh, make a sacrifice or, or or plead for the forgiveness of your sins. But now we all get to go into the inner court. You know, Jesus Christ came, of course, and and, and Jesus Christ um, made us all to be kings and priests. Right. You can look at First Peter two, nine and ten and read on that a little bit. We're, we're called a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a chosen people, people belonging to God. So we don't have to have someone go before us and represent us before um, before Jesus, you know, before God. We get to now go into that inner court. I know I drifted a minute, but I just want to explain that part that we all are priests and kings and many times times we strive for that kingship but we forget the priesthood part we forget that intimate connection with him you know we forget that closeness that we have to have to be his representative and that's where things can go wrong sometimes and we wonder why are these prayers not being answered why is this dream not not going in the direction I wanted to go you know why is this not where it needs to be well what what about the priesthood what about that closeness Does that make sense? You want that oil to be able to flow from the top of your head to the tip of your toenails and down to others. Does that make sense? So first part I just talked about was I always uh, strive to check my heart first and see if there's anything hindering me, any anything that I need to repent of. Second part is I really focus on that intimacy with God. And I'm not perfect. I want to be really, really clear with that. I mess up all the time. But I'm always, re- I'm always rechecking and rechecking and making sure that there's this intimate connection with him and that I strive for the priesthood and the kingship because both should go together. You never want to have that kingship without the priesthood or you will mess yourself up and you will mess other people up because you'll abuse that power that's given to you. It's a whole nother subject, but I'm gonna keep going. The third part of that, and this is, I don't know if I've talked about this before. I know I did last night is I vet and check what jurisdiction am I under? What is that jurisdiction? In other words, am I walking in the will of God? Is what I'm trying to do in the will of God? Because sometimes that can be really frustrating. We're praying and we're praying and we want something to happen so, so, so badly. But is it in the will of God? That's where we get a little confused when we say, well, God says if I ask for it, he'll give it to me. If it's in his will. If it's in his will. That's why I wrote a chapter in my book called, um, uh, I forget the name of it, but I think I called that chapter when God says no. Can he still be your God even when the answer is no? Is it in his will? And that's where we have to spend that time. And, and, and this is what I love that Jesus pointed out so clearly. In Matthew, is it 25 or 28? In Matthew chapter 28, and I'll close this out in just a minute, but I just want to make a point with this. In Matthew 28, depending on your version of the Bible, the King James or the ESV, some of the version says all power and authority in, in, um, in heaven and on earth has been given to me. The NIV says all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Um, uh, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. So we know all the authority has been given to him. And then he says in verse, uh, I'm sorry, I'm going somewhere with this. I think it's uh, in John chapter... Six and John chapter six, he says, verse 38, for I have come down from heaven not to do my will, but to do the will of him who sought me. You notice how he how he stayed in line with I, I got to do the will of him who sought me. 
excuse me. That's why I love that passage before he went to the cross when he was asking God to take that cup away from him. He said, but not as I will, but as thine will be done. Are you in, are, are we in the jurisdiction? That's the part I used to skip because I really, I didn't really understand that. And I think I gave an example last night for those who watch my live. And I talked about, it's no different than if you're like a police officer, I don't know, in the state of Wisconsin or Texas or wherever. Right. And then you go to New York. Okay. Well, you're a police officer in, in, in one state, but if you go to another state, can you go around, you know, like arresting people or whatever? I don't think so. You know, I don't know the whole process, but I do know that you've got to fill out some kind of paperwork or you got to take a test. You got to do something. Am I right? There's some you have to do. Why? Because you're not in your jurisdiction. So we have to check the jurisdiction that we're working within. And what I mean by that is, okay, God, I've checked my heart. If there's anything else in me you want me to repent of, let me know. I would do so freely. Right. Okay. So that's number one. Number two, God, I want to operate in your priesthood and your kingship. I desire this close intimacy with you, right? I want to work in partnership with you, whatever it is that you want me to do in life. Okay, check, got that. And then the third part is, what is your will? Am I staying in the jurisdiction of your will? Because sometimes we can wander and find ourselves, you know, really pursuing something that we want, we think is great, but is that in the will of God? Is that what he wants? Is that, is that what's going to lift him? Is that what's going to help his people? He knows what's best for us. And that's the one thing that gives me comfort, especially when I'm really frustrated. And I'm like, God, what is it? Why, why are you not moving in this? And, why? and sometimes I'll, I'll take a step back and I go, whoa, 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 hold on, hold on, Z, hold on. God knows what is hidden in the dark places. He knows what's behind the corner. He knows what's down that road. He knows what's going to bring him glory versus what's going to give me glory, right? He knows what's going what's to uplift and help his people. So my main role is I'm working in partnership with you. Let, let me stay covered and stay in the jurisdiction and your will. Not my will be done, but yours. That's where that peace comes from. And I'm not trying to give some canned answer to you all. I'm trying to help you to see this is a process that I go through when I don't know what to do. It, it, it's, it gives me such peace. It's almost as if water's been poured over me. Because then I don't have that frustration of I've been trying and I've been praying and I've been da-da-da. Then it's like, well, you know what, God? That's on you. That, that, that's on you. I love you. Repenting of my sins the best I know how, the best you show me, Right? seeking intimacy with you because you're number one in my life. So if you want me to glorify you and bring honor to you and help your people, and you want me to magnify and use these talents you've given me, you guys know we've talked about the parable of the talents many times. I'm not going to go over that right now. Whether you're giving me one talent or two or five, and you know that I'm doing my best to use those talents you give me, my role is to work in that jurisdiction and to stay under your will. So that's on you to figure out exactly how you want me to go about doing this. Now, that don't mean we sit back and do nothing. I want to be really clear on that because you can easily fall into what I call a cage mindset. And that's when we just, you know, pray and just sit back and just be like, you know, coming up with every excuse in the world why, why things are not happening and we're not using our minds that God has given us an ability to think. And there's a difference between mind activity and actually thinking. Those are actually two different things, just so you know. 
the mind activity is one thing and actually thinking and using these intellectual gifts he's given us is a whole nother thing. So we are to be um, pursuing goals and pursuing dreams and using um, the visions and the dreams and the, the talent he's given us, you know. Uh, and I believe that comes in so many different ways, so many different ways from reading books to seeking mentors to, I mean, just it goes on and on. The Bible clearly teaches us that plans fail for lack of counsel or lack of advice. So that's a whole nother subject. That don't mean we sit back and do nothing. But I've got to make sure that I'm in that wheel. I'm in your jurisdiction. Because sometimes I've wandered outside of that because I'm pursuing what I think is best. And then I come back and get frustrated because God, God's not moving fast enough for me when really I've stepped aside out of that wheel. So that's what I mean when I say, God, that's on you. I'm going to stay in line with your good and pleasing will for my life. Show me what it is that you want me to do. And I'm going to trust your timing. I'm going to do everything that I can, everything that you show me to get prepared, but I'm going to stay in your will. So anyway, I hope that this has helped you all. I sincerely do. The title of this is, What Do You Do When You Don't Know What To Do? I pray you all have been blessed. I love you all.